Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 124. From London Lawyer to Dublin Miracle Mama. Loves, I am so excited to share yet another absolutely inspiring and extraordinary story from one of my miracle mamas. I can't wait for you to meet Kate. I could just carry this woman around in my pocket like all day. I just love her. You are going to hear how this amazing woman went from grinding it out as a thriving London lawyer, just working crazy hours to coming to a fork in the road when in 2013, she tragically lost her mom and found herself in a place where she knew something had to change. So she and her husband packed up everything and created a new life for themselves in Dublin, Ireland. And they decided they wanted to start a family. But when things weren't working out the way that they thought they would, this once like serene, not obsessed woman went into sheer panic. She found herself with low AMH being thrown at her, thyroid problems, miscarriage, canceled cycles, treatment failures, you name it. And she found herself in a place knowing that she needed a change. She knew in her soul that she was meant to be a mom, but she knew she couldn't do it this way. So you're going to hear how this amazing woman loved herself and loved her dream enough to turn it all around. And you're going to hear how she not only did this within weeks of completing my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, but she did this in a way she didn't think possible. So if you're struggling with unexplained fertility issues, I can't wait for you to be inspired by Kate. Woman, it's so good to be with you. I'm so (laughs) excited to have this conversation. So we'll jump right in. And I know you're you you got a baby growing in you, so you know. I know. I don't want oh, to. Um, thank you so much. Like it's so good to see you. It just it takes me straight back to that place, and just it's such a good moment meeting you. <laughs> well, so why don't we start out by why don't you share like a little bit about how you found yourself on this journey? Right. I think f- for me, I have to take you back to. 2013, when I was working as a lawyer in London, I was working long hours, but my career was going really well. And out of the blue, my uh, mother had a sudden brain hemorrhage just before Christmas. And she was um, on life support for about four months before she finally passed. And in hindsight now, I kind of feel like everything sort of relates back to that. (laughs) But at the time, my husband and I we decided to have, you know, I think we must have realized the toll it had taken on us. And we had a real reset and we moved to Dublin, Ireland. We uh, <laughs> quit our jobs. We bought a house and renovated it. Um, so it was all very positive. And um, so we started trying to conceive, got married, started trying to conceive. And in the beginning, we were really relaxed. And if anything, I think I was obsessed with not being obsessed. <laughs> with- because you see so many people tell you the worst thing you can do is think about it, just let it happen. So sort of year went by and uh, I was doing a creative writing master's. So it wasn't the sort of the focus of our lives. But in a way, I feel that wasn't the right thing for us anyway, because by the time it became apparent that there was a problem, this serious amount of dirty doubt had sort of crept in of 
why is this not happening? I suddenly was like, it's been a year and not an inkling of a pregnancy test, you know, a positive pregnancy test. Um, so that was the beginning. Went to the GP, general practitioner, and she just did some basic blood tests. And I really wasn't expecting, I'm very healthy. I've always, I've never had any health problems. And I just remember I got this panicked phone call, voicemail from her. And she said, my AMH was really low and that I had an underactive thyroid. Um, so it was kind of, it went from nothing relaxed to being a patient, urgency, medicalization, <laughs> panic. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's, to get our heads around that. But at the same time, they were kind of like, well, we'll just put you on thyroid medication and keep trying. And it was unexplained infertility. Uh, we were referred to a fertility clinic and they did all the tests with my husband and I and nothing came back. So they said, well, there's nothing, no reason why you can't conceive. Just keep trying as, as you are. Uh, but that doubt was there then, you know, and. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that unexplained infertility is a label, isn't it? And it was so hard when month on month went by and just nothing happened and there's no explanation. You feel entirely helpless and passive. And that which is totally not yeah. who you are as a lawyer. <laughs> no. Right? Like <laughs> like out of control, passive, like that's that goes against every fiber of your being and your training exactly and then I think I was put, we were both putting on this brave face where we were like oh we're relaxed we're relaxed and all our friends were getting pregnant my brother had a baby and but it by doing that I was denying the real pain that I was going through and not acknowledging that those thoughts you know you could call them jealousy I refused to admit that and the comparison with others. It was a real dark place where you're not only feeling those things, but you're not letting yourself feel them and you're beating yourself up and you're bullying yourself for feeling them. So, so you're just, sure, isn't it? yeah, you're just in such a dark place and it creeps so gradually. You sort of fall down this hole before you realize of no faith in your own body, not being authentic with your own desires. So one of my big issues was, I think, I felt so much gratitude for the life I'd built with my husband in Ireland. We had this beautiful home. We'd got a puppy. And, you know, I had, I love, I'd married the love of my life. And I'd sort of escaped a job that was killing me in London. So sort of, I had a lot of things that people would, would love to have. And it felt almost like asking for too much. Was I, <laughs> was I, you know, being greedy by wanting a baby as well. Uh, so there's all these dark thoughts and you don't even realize that you are on, you are, you are starting thought patterns that are negative and limiting until you're quite far down the road, I think. Uh, so all that came to a point where we did started IVF in 2019. And that was really just a horrible year because, because it was unexplained. They sort of said, um, well, you're still young and they gave us the percentage rates, you know, and they were high. And it was sort of like, well, this will work. This is the magic pill. And of course, like what I know now, there's, I was, you know, I was, I had so much trauma from what had gone on that I needed to work through. And uh, so we did um, several rounds of IVF and they were cancelled, cancelled cycles and thin uterine lining and I ended up after one transfer getting pregnant which was the first pregnancy test I'd ever positive pregnancy test I'd ever had and it was sort of bittersweet because uh, they as they said congratulations you're pregnant but you're going to miscarry you know they, they knew the numbers from so we miscarried about six seven weeks for that one and that just was a confirmation of all this my body's broken like they don't know what's wrong. Something's not right. Um, and it really became, I was just so emotionally depleted. Uh, I felt like I was 
I was completely under the control of the doctors. I wasn't doing anything from my, with my own agency. You know, if they said, take this pill, do this, take, you know, uh, I didn't. And, I, and it all goes back to not trying not to be obsessed. <laughs> but you think by the time you get to IVF, you should probably be getting a bit obsessed. <laughs> so we reached a breaking point at the end of that year uh, when we'd had another cancelled cycle. And we took ourselves off to the Seychelles and really called a halt. And we said, look, how do we, f- how do we find ourselves again? without giving up on this dream because we're not giving up like we we want to be parents and we believe that that's in our future but how do we get there without <laughs> killing ourselves <laughs> the big question uh, and that's when I found your podcast I was on I was in the airport on the way to the Seychelles and I discovered your podcast and by the time I got to the Seychelles like 12 hours later I'd binged <laughs> about 10 episodes you know <laughs> inhaled it that makes me laugh I hear from women all the time oh my gosh I was doing xyz when I found you you are the first sister on the way to the Seychelles (laughs) Uh, it was a good moment (laughs) yeah well so let's talk about that like tell me a little bit about like what caught your attention about this whole mindset thing there must have been something that kept you listening on a flight Mm -hmm. to one of the most gorgeous places in the world. Like what, what sparked your attention and like, what made you start to wonder about this whole mindset thing? I think the way that you were unapologetic about saying hell yes. I don't know if it's because of my English roots, but there was something that I, the whole way through. And at this point we'd been sort of, it was three years in sort of thing. And I was so embarrassed by the fact that we had the lengths that we'd had to go and the efforts we'd made. And I could see it in my friends, my family's faces. You know, they, I'd lost myself a little bit along the way. I was constantly swinging between wanting to burst into tears and just being very fragile to sort of self denial, like everything's fine, you know, and part of that I think now looking back was because I didn't think I could just say this is the most important thing in my life right now I really really believe that being a mother is in my future and I want to make that happen instead I was all sort of like oh maybe it'll happen and uh, you know really apologetic and so listening to your podcast it was just <laughs> it was so far away from that and it just gave me permission to say, no, it's time to get obsessed, get smart, cover your bases. You have permission to dig in and, and there's strategy there as well. It's not just being a passenger and letting things happen to me. It's saying taking back control, but at the same time, surrendering control over things that you can't control. Like the timeline was a big thing for me. I suddenly, listening to these podcasts, I suddenly realized the timeline, I had to grieve the, the kind of the, the vision I'd had. It's an imagined reality, really, of getting pregnant easily and straight away. Like, I still believed that, that was going to happen. Each month, I think, was a trauma because each month, because it was unexplained, it was like, maybe this month, maybe that month. And I listened to your podcast, I just had to say, no, okay, I'm on this journey. I am on a healing journey and I have to embrace that and accept and accept it it's just I mean it sounds so simple to say out loud it gave me permission to forgive the health choices I'd made in the past and being on the pill for that long and all the things that you torture yourself you agonize about if only we'd done this sooner or we should have done that we should have done this and it's a reset it's a complete reset button so then I read your book (laughs) and then I then I knew I had to talk to you. <laughs> well, so, okay, Kate, because like, let's take this from the top. So you're, you're trying for three years, you address the thyroid issue, you're, you, you're being diagnosed with low AMH, you've had repeated rounds of IVF, canceled cycles, miscarriage, all of these things. Like, what made you say, 
I have failed all of these times, but I'm willing to try this because there's this crazy American woman like shouting at me, you know, over these podcasts. <laughs> like, what made you say, fuck all of that? Like, I'm going to give this a shot. Like, because it's really easy when we faced a lot of failure to not want to try one more thing. Mm-hmm. So what was that with you? Like, what was that for you? Um, I think the first thing was, I remember your phrase, come out the closet as a woman who wants a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was absolutely key. And then there was the bumper squad. So I think uh, my mother had been a, a doctor and I think I had this sort of reverence for the medical profession. And I still think they are incredible what they do but that's the key thing what they do they they don't do everything and I certainly wasn't covering my bases by just listening to my consultant and so in terms of failure really um I was only at the beginning of the road I suddenly listened to your podcast was like I haven't even begun to 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 embrace all the possibility on this journey uh, so once I we got back to the state from the Seychelles I said look to, to my husband and I had a chat you know they've just given you thyroid medication for this thyroid but but why why is it underactive what is the cause of that and then like, doctors couldn't give me an answer oh it's just you know it's something you have to live with said, that's not really good enough and I was like fine Roseanne says they do their bit go to them for what they do and Go to a specialist and a professional for everything else you need. So I then found a functional nutritionist and did a raft of tests to kind of dig in and explain the unexplained. And she found she found answers. And it was incredible because I almost thought like it would have been a miracle if I had got pregnant like previously. <laughs> and and uh, there was for me working with you, there was a lot of uh, forgiveness uh, for my uh, my forgiving myself, my body, um, and perhaps even my mother for dying on me and causing a lot of stress and trauma. Um, so it turned out for the functional nutritionist that I had my underactive thyroid was autoimmune, uh, which the doctors hadn't actually said, and there was a huge amount of inflammation and high antibodies, and. So we just started working on it. We, we, I worked on my gut health. We, I started taking uh, specific supplements and reducing uh, stress in my life in a sort of really active way. Uh, I remember you saying, like, it's okay to be unproductive, which for a sort of type A <laughs> lawyer, <laughs> it's just completely not how we normally live our lives, you know. But it was making an active choice to slow down. And, and those antibodies, you can see on the bloods, they just went down and down and down. And I mean, so <laughs> the next round of IVF I did, which was when I was working with you, and the first one, I'd got four eggs collected. The second one, I got 19. Yeah, the last one, I got 19. And I remember, you, <laughs> it's just, it, so, so there's a, a counterintuitive element that I was more fertile two years later than I was you know, two years earlier, because I was nurturing myself, I was looking after my body, and I'd always been healthy, but it was a sort of different type of of nurturing. And so I was taking care of the physical, the physiological. And then I realized that would take me to a certain point, but there'd been so much trauma, and pain, that I'd got into these negative thought patterns, that I needed extra support so that's when we started doing the calls and they were a game changer I know well you know it's so funny when I when you just what you were sharing was this four eggs you start doing all of this work you I mean because think about the mindset shift you had to have had in order to say especially with the upbringing that you had with a mother as a physician you know mm-hmm. obviously you know good leader highly educated, you know, this is the world that you live in. And you were able to see that two things could be true at the same time. You can have 
like the 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 physical and the physiological, the medical aspect of it, but there was a part of you that clearly said, "Hey, this is some, but this is not all. I want to cover all of my bases. I'm going to look at this mind thing because, I mean, something very dramatic happened for you in order to go from four eggs to freaking nineteen. And to see that direct result of taking care of yourself at a higher level with the the antibodies going down, 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 mm-hmm. and really having this mindset thing working for you in the background. So what do you think, like, so you described it as a game changer. Mm-hmm. What was game changing about adding this mindset piece to the puzzle? How long have you got? <laughs> I got all day, sister. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. It was like um, became like an addiction. Like I, I was looking, I looking forward to your Saturday calls. Like so excited because I knew that each call I was going to have an aha moment, and I was going to come away. And Colm and I would just sit down afterwards, and he'd be saying, "What did you learn?" And I was like, oh, "Wow, this and this and this and this." So the, and it was, and it, I just have to say it, it was really powerful in itself just to speak and listen to other women speaking who were very similar sort of type A people from all over the world going through similar things. And you just not letting us get away with anything like calling our bullshit, <laughs> calling the narratives. I warned you. I warned you. Hey, I might call you out. But that was the coolest thing about you, though, is because you loved yourself and you loved this dream enough to be willing to be called out on your bullshit. Yeah, I think I needed it so much. Um, And listening to other women talk, I started hearing my thoughts. You know, you you sort of it's very hard to hear what's going on in your own head sometimes. But when you hear other women making excuses or beating themselves up and you suddenly you want to sort of say, no, you know, it's not like that. And, and <laughs> then hear. So it was really useful. So I think, um, OK, key things for me. I remember you saying be a historian of your successes and not just your failures. That was a, a moment uh, where at some point all you can see is what hasn't worked, what's gone wrong, and where you've made mistakes or failed, inverted commas. And once I started working with you, I realized that although progress is not linear, I had come so far from that woman who just came off the pill and like (laughs) in a physical way, my periods were not painful anymore, whereas they'd been painful. I <laughs> could tell when my fertile window was without and needing any basal thermometer, which <laughs> you're all you had liberation from the basal body temperature. Exactly. Starting. You know, it was doing what it was supposed to be doing for the first time. Um, and so some of these thoughts that you have and you, you recognize where you say, well, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. I'm running out of chances each month. You can completely reframe that. And you can say, well, actually, I'm more fertile than I was then. And each month is another opportunity to work on my health and my well-being and my fertility. I'm getting closer to my baby each time. And that the, the hardest thing was the, un, the uncertainty of the timing. So I think I'd had to, to give up the imagined time frame where I was trying to keep up with my friends and my family. And I had to say, all right, I'm running, running my own race. Um, I'm on my own journey. I've, I've had to deal with things that have set me on a different course, like potentially, you know, that working in that job with the stress of what happened with my mom, it, my, my immune system just went crazy. And actually, I had to have, be, have to be quite compassionate uh, to myself. My poor body, had not just previously, I'd been thinking, it's broken, but actually it was working completely perfectly because it was tr- it was protecting me. You know, if I'd got pregnant, it wouldn't have been a healthy pregnancy. And by the time, you know, I, 
I realized and I worked on myself, the, the baby would help me healthier. You know, there'd be so many blessings to come out of it. And I remember you saying, don't stop trying to think things are happening to you, but maybe they're happening for you. And for someone who's not religious or that spiritual, I had to really connect with that. And, and it, it's a sort of faith in uncertainty. That's quite a hard concept. But once you surrender to that, and, and it's, it's, that's the most empower, empowering moment because in that uncertainty is the possibility of change, of something different. It's not like the past is just a verdict and you can't move on from it. You can't change anything. You know, one had said to me, it would be different if, you know, your, your tubes are blocked and you're never going to get pregnant that way. You know, there's certain medical things that do prevent someone from getting pregnant naturally, but they'd not found anything for me. It was all unexplained and wishy-washy. And so instead of believing that it wouldn't happen, I decided to believe it might happen again. I'd found a sort of confidence in myself again. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I mean, it's like everyone freaks out about an unexplained diagnosis. But I always tell women that means anything is possible, like even the good shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And and then when you talk about surrendering to that uncertainty, that is, it's quite, you have to be quite fearless because you are saying, I have this knowing that it's in my future and I believe I'm going to be a mum one way or the other, but I can't control when that happens or how that happens. And that's, you know, (laughs) you have to be quite fearless to sort of let that go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is the fearlessly fertile method. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So that fearlessness is a fairly critical part. But you don't give up. That was the key thing. I always thought surrendering meant that you did you had to not want it anymore or not try and get it anymore but actually it sort of meant the opposite working with you I sort of had the permission to dig in and commit to it to say no this is my husband and I are willing to do what it takes to get there and that takes the pressure off because one way or the other you know we we would open to surrogacy we were open to donor if we needed to but it you remember you sort of saw like one step at a time like you know don't kind of future trip you don't need that yet <laughs> you're still away at the beginning of the journey i did get in there kate didn't i, I <laughs> you did you. like i <laughs> yeah and another one of your phrases was is that actually true for you that was a good one because uh sometimes you say things i would say things uh, or other ladies would and you hold up <laughs> like is is that actually true or have you just chosen to view it from a certain angle and, t- and tell yourself a narrative and often something that's negative feels more credible or maybe more comfortable and actually leaning into the discomfort or believing in something positive <laughs> yeah can you as- imagine can you believe that isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> and then with the gratitude stuff, um, I realized that I'd been using gratitude because I, I am a positive person and, and, you know, that's probably why it was quite difficult to, to come to terms with infertility because I wasn't wallowing misery from the beginning. Uh, I certainly believed each month that next month's an opportunity. And, um, but when I sort of said all the things I'm grateful for, I was sort of using it to make me small. I was like diminishing what I wanted by saying what I, ha- what I had. Right. And I remember you saying, ask for what you want or more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I bet that totally offended your English sensibilities. Right? Yeah. Like, you were like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Like, or more, like more than one child. <laughs> uh, but that was all about allowing myself to receive. Uh, and I was coming from a deprivation mindset and not from an abundant mindset. And you sort of helped me realize that day, doing my gratitude each day. So I started every morning writing down things I was grateful for 
and not using those as as ways to keep me small and and sort of in a sort of self judgment self loathing way like right 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 <laughs> yeah right. um but sort of saying this is what's possible this is how good things can happen to me good things have happened to me and that was an aha moment when i realized some some sort of subconscious level i had had a very good life in london and everything was going well and then it was taken away when my mum passed you know in a, in a lot of ways everything changed very quickly and it would i had somehow computed if i have too much good in my life bad things happen and i had to unpick that with you mm. and accept that good things were possible and good things wouldn't necessarily lead to bad things yeah yeah there, <laughs> and that's there, receiving well yeah definitely and we sometimes get in this trap where we think that there is this it, it's required that there's an even exchange that if i'm asking for this massive blessing of a baby then it must come with equivalent misery mm-hmm. right it's this complete um it, it's it, it's just put struggle fine yeah yeah so something and i remember i mean you were always there kate like right there ready to go paw up you know like <laughs> you you really it doesn't surprise me that things turned out for you the way that they did because you were so in it to win it. You were so in the game. Something rather miraculous happened for you very quickly. Can you share that? Because that's just, I mean, it blows my mind whenever I think about your story. Yeah. So I think it's important to say that there was a sort of a blip in working with you in the middle before the good thing happened. I remember. I remember. Yeah. So, but I think it's important to say because um, it showed how far I'd come on the mindset path and uh, it was a big dip. So um, we were working together and you sort of, when I signed up with you, said, you know, I'm going to go for another round of IVF. It was the pandemic year. So we'd had to take a break for 2020. We'd had to take a break while the clinics were closed. So I felt ready for another go at it. And I had your, you know, your weekly calls. And so I was in a really good place. And that was a, a completely different round of IVF, as I said, you know, like we're 19 embryos and oh, and I think we got 10 day five embryos. So it was just, it couldn't have gone better. My lining was nice and thick for the first time, you know, and um, all then, these changes. <laughs> yeah. So positive, positive, positive. And then they transferred two really perfect, you know, double A grade five embryos, day five embryos, and uh, worked through the two week wait with you, um, did everything and was feeling good. And they didn't take. I ended up with a negative pregnancy test, uh, which felt just so surprising. Well, you know, I really thought it was going to work. But that was the moment where you had, where all the work we'd done mattered because like you say it's not linear it's not outcome based you know there's no if you do this you get that it's a journey and there were so many you know you taught me to celebrate the wins so there were so many things about that that should have been little victories little successes and were because they were so it was such a different round I was I was just in a different place and the outcome was was sort of irrelevant because there was so much possibility for next time or and I remember you saying well okay so so you didn't get pregnant this month but why wouldn't you get pregnant next month <laughs> I didn't really have an answer you know because yeah I was it was proven it was on paper that I was more fertile than I had been 6 months previously and then I had been 6 months previous to that so it was working with you I felt so much more resilient. I was obviously heartbroken. We both were. But again, your little phrase, two things can be true at the same time, <laughs> came into play. Uh, so I I can made, made space for both of them. And, you know, it was, inc- I'm not going to pretend it wasn't incredibly hard. It was a daily practice, a daily choice right. to acknowledge the pain and not be a victim to it. 
and <laughs> it's it's you know something you're gonna have to work my whole life on to to, to manage that um because it is a skill but thank god I had you at my back while that was happening and at the same about a week after I found out we hadn't the, the two embryos hadn't taken my brother and his wife blessed them they had to call me off and tell me they were expecting twins <laughs> so Ooh, God. So you were under attack, right? Like, like, yeah, I was. The universe was was you know testing me. Really was testing. And oh, if I had if that had happened a year previous, I'd been in a, in an institution. I think <laughs> it was it was it was really hard. So they, yeah. So I at that point, um, we took stock, Colum and I, and we we went on a little staycation in Ireland and we, you know, we sat with the pain, we cried, we laughed, we drank lots of wine. We, you know, we, we sort of, um, we were, we, we were open to other possibilities. So we, we actually, um, contacted a surrogacy clinic, surrogacy clinic, and we were talking to the doctors about more immune tests. That was really powerful because it felt there wasn't one option. There wasn't like this or nothing. It was right. this or everything. Like there were so many different paths. We had so many, we were so lucky and so fortunate to have the financial means and the space in our lives. And the I was still young. I knew I was 34. There was so much still out there. It wasn't time to give up. And that's where, you know, you're saying hell yes, commit to the vision. What's your authentic intention? That is to have a baby, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not giving up. I remember saying to my husband the little mantra that you taught me: "My name is Kate, and I'm not leaving without my babies." <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaving without them. And he's like, "No, neither am I." So that all said, that very next month, no medication, no IVF, got pregnant. <laughs> So just complete magic. (laughs) Okay. See, this is so important because what you're teaching us right now is the past is no predictor of the future. Your current circumstances are not a verdict, nor are they going to be the thing, you know, that necessarily has to take away any of your dreams. Because think about it, in very short order, you went from two grade five, double A, sparkly, like Mm -hmm. champion embryos, that not working, to getting pregnant naturally. The next month. (laughs) The very next month. And how many weeks are you now? 36. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, that was my first, first natural positive pregnancy test in four and a half years. So it, it, like there was no kind of logic to it, except the only game changer was my mindset. I mean, it's, it's crazy because you're living proof of what's possible when you just make a decision. Because if we, if we trace like this progression in your life, it truly was about making a decision that you weren't playing footsie with your dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something that you said before that I think is really powerful. And I want to go back to because there's a tendency in us to say that if I am blessed in a bunch of different ways that I, well, you know, things are so good for me. Like I, you know, I'm very grateful for having the means to do all this, but if your mind wasn't right, you might not have even seen that. Mm-mm. No, and I I remember when when we first went for IVF in 2019, kind of being embarrassed to tell people because I thought even I can't, it's hard to even put my mind back there, but sort of apologetic that we were willing to spend this money on ourselves and on our dream when it's 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 hard to think back to because it seems with my current mindset quite difficult to compute. Well, um, and thank God, <laughs> I'm setting an intention. You will never go back to that bad neighborhood, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how many blessings are in your life. If you don't use your mind right, you will miss them. 
Yeah. You you will not be a good steward of the blessings in your life if you do not think like a woman who succeeds. You will shit all over those opportunities. And I think I I really want to give you a lot of credit, Kate, because you could have just given up on that and said, hey, I'm just too blessed, you know, whatever. I should be ashamed of this. But look at what happened when you said yes and I want this and more. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was something you've taught me, which I will carry through hopefully for life is you do not have to believe your thoughts. You do not have to act on your thoughts. You just witness them. Uh, and then by the power of witnessing them, you can soften, let them go a lot more easily. And you can choose which narratives you listen to and actively choose. You know, it's a daily choice of okay, am I going to bully myself today or am I going to be kind to myself today? Yes. Uh, It's a choice. It's a choice. Well, so what would you tell the women listening? So, you know, maybe there's women out there listening to this that are saying, you know, I've failed too many times. I've tried too many things. They're nervous about this whole mindset thing. They might be nervous about this pink-haired American yelling at them mm-hmm. lovingly. Like, what would you say to them? What would you want them to know? I think fear is very powerful. We've probably learned narratives of listening to anxiety, doubt, worry, fear. And because they're negative, they feel more credible. Um, but they... they're not they're they're a form of control and and it's the wrong form of control I think practicing choice to I remember my mantra and and it was my my hope is stronger than my fear and each my my personal experience was that I had never got pregnant in all that time except for that one IVF that went ended in miscarriage so The evidence suggested that I would never get pregnant. You know, if I was basing it on the past and it took a huge amount of fearlessness, you know, fearlessly fertile to to believe not to to trust, not in, in the doubt and the fear of what had gone, but in what was possible and what was what was in the future and what there was this dynamic between my the knowing that I had that I was going to be a mother like I really I really felt that that some at some point in my life adoption surrogacy natural I didn't know but I knew that I was going to be a mother and there was that certainty which was counterbalanced by the uncertainty of when or how it would happen and that is it's so easy for the fear of to let that be a fear, you know, will it happen? But if you have that knowing, then it will happen. You just don't have control over the outcome. And that's the exciting bit. That's the bit you taught us to kind of embrace. Oh my gosh, a type A, lovely, <laughs> control freaky, former attorney, you know, could yeah. embrace it uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but with, but that's the caveat. With the certainty, that you're not giving up, I know, and, and some people reach the point in their journey when when they're ready or willing to change tact or you know, but even that it's not giving up, it's changing priority, changing focus. You know that that it's so different the way you you can reframe something. Uh, so for us potentially at the beginning of our journey, you know, moving to surrogacy would have felt like giving up, but by the time I I ended up with those two embryos that didn't take. It didn't. It felt empowering. It felt like I was, I was, had an active role in what happened next. And I was not just a victim of the outside world. And I wasn't a passenger. I was, I was in, you call it, um, there was autopilot and then there was pilot. <laughs> and I, and I think by the end I was in pilot mode. But when I came to you, I was very much autopilot. Right. Well, very much so. And, but you are also a testament to the commitment that you have to your family. And what a glorious origin story 
your children are going to have and and think about what you're going to be able to teach them and and how you won't be teaching them from platitudes kate you're going to be teaching them by modeling it because you lived it and you know yeah. like that's uh, isn't that huge? It's huge. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm just repeating back all your little phrases here. They've clearly gone in. Another one I remember you saying was the no's preparing you for the yeses. And there's no doubt, and it's not a cliche to say that the journey has been a blessing. It's not just putting a positive spin on it. It really is saying, I am a different person now. I'm going to be a different mother. I'm going to hopefully be a better mother. And, you know, I deal with all sorts of things. Life is throws challenges at you all the time. And, you know, you're, it's not about thinking positively, it's thinking helpfully. And you have an active choice every day on how you react or respond to what's thrown at you uh, and how you decide to, to view it and frame it in your head. And I, the only thing I'd say is I didn't think I realized until I met you how negative I had become. I'm a positive person by nature. And this journey tested that. And it's very easy to fall down a trap of limiting beliefs. Right. That's right. Powerful. Well, and and you're, I mean, I think the other thing that you're really teaching us here, Kate, is that it isn't just about being positive, you know, you know, like that sort of cotton candy sort of Pollyanna. Eh, positive. Yeah. It's it's being making a decision about what you want, being very clear about what you're going for and saying, look, it doesn't matter what comes my way. I am on this track. It's, a, it's actually about belief. I think it's something far more substantial than being positive. It's really about the way you think. It's, it's thinking in a strategic, success-oriented way that, that causes your actions to change and therefore your results to change. Because think about it, like if we take this full circle and we look at who you became, mm-hmm. you became a woman who was smart enough to have a bump squad. You had your functional medicine people, you had your, your nutritionist, you had mm-hmm. me, you had your regular physician, you know, your GP and specialist. Like you became a woman who was covering her bases. And in order to facilitate her dream coming to pass. Like, do you, like the foundation of that is who you became and the way you think. Yeah. And I I think you gave me permission to to turn the volume up on that to, it wasn't like the further you got into it, the smaller you had to become and the more sort of apologetic for keeping going when it was like, well, look, the evidence suggests this isn't going to happen for you. So you, you know, call it quits. It was, you know, Every challenge I got sort of actually dug in more. Volume went up. Hell yes. Yeah, you're starting to talk like a crazy American. I love it. it. Yeah, exactly. And that was, I mean, that's why you were the perfect coach for me because I needed someone. He was just completely on the other spectrum to me. You know, I I was this kind of polite English rose. (laughs) (laughs) And you called my bullshit. Oh my gosh. And what an honor it was to be with you. Like, I just, I just, if I haven't told you lately, Kate, I love you. And I love, (laughs) and I just like, I love all of my ladies because it truly is an honor to stand shoulder to shoulder with a woman who's on a path to making her dreams come true. It truly is. I mean, you're, you know, as a former attorney, you know that nobody leaves the law unless this shit is a calling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I feel incredibly privileged to have met you and to have worked with you. And I hope that I take some of the lessons you've taught me through to being a mother. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Kate, they're clear. The hooks are in you, girl. The hooks (laughs) are in you. And thank you so much for sharing your truth, sharing your story. And uh, you're going to be meeting this baby in a few weeks. And so, yeah. oh, you got to make sure you send me a picture. So thank you so much, my darling. What what a joy. Thank you. It's been a real honor to be on. Hey, loves. Wasn't Kate the English rose? Her, wasn't her story just absolutely inspiring? Think about what her story is proof of. She allowed herself 
to think, believe, and take action in an entirely different way. She went from absolute despair, thinking this was going to never happen for her, to doubling the egg count that she had at her last collection, completely changing the way she looked at a miscarriage, and ultimately getting pregnant naturally the very next month after years of trying. And this this change came about in a matter of months. It's so incredible what women on this journey can do when they finally get this mindset piece together. Like despair to getting pregnant naturally. And this is what's possible for every woman that makes the decision she is going to be open and trust that the desire in her heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for her. What this proves is miracles are possible. You put your mind to something, you put your heart to something, doors are going to open up for you. And look, if you didn't catch it the first time, think about what this woman was saying. Look at the proof that showed up in her life. She was way more fertile years later, okay, because so many of us try to beat ourselves up over age and time passing. When she got her mindset on board, she was more fertile years later than she was when she was years younger. This is what's possible. When you really lean in to this desire in your heart to be a mom and you open your mind, you start thinking strategically and you give the finger to the fucking fertility fear matrix, mama. Get out of that matrix that's keeping you stuck and totally blocking you from your dreams. And if you want to learn what I taught English Rose Kate, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say, hell yes, to covering their bases, mind and body like this amazing woman did. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology, as you've heard here, has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. Love, if you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, you've got to fix that shit, baby. So you don't look back on this time in your life with regret. Time to be fearless, mama. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.